0: St. Joseph was a righteous man, a good man, a holy man, one who knew well the law that the Lord had given to his people through Moses and who sought to follow it, to act as was right toward God, to act as was right toward the people around him. And Joseph, as we heard, was betrothed to Mary, that is, like an engagement only more formal, a matter of a contract such that in order to break it it wasn't just a matter of deciding, but of formally divorcing. St. Joseph may have been a young man. If he was the age that young men of the time were when they would marry in that place, he would have been around 20, maybe a little more, maybe a little less And if so, that he was just beginning the main course of his life. But it may be, and some think, that he was in fact an older man, a widower, and that he had children from his first marriage, children who would become known as the brothers and sisters of Jesus that we hear about in the Gospels. So it may be that he was one or the other of those two ages. Saint Joseph was a carpenter. And indeed, if we look at the original Greek word that we translate as carpenter, it is tekton. And the meaning is a little broader than our meaning for carpenter. So we know that a carpenter is someone who's skilled at working with wood. A tekton would be skilled with working with wood, but with other materials as well. Could perhaps work with stone, or with iron, or with brass. And thus it's possible that St. Joseph could work with all these materials to make a variety of things that would be needed in a home or even upon a farm. Thus, St. Joseph was a skilled workman and one who was able to provide well for his family. And St. Joseph was a son of David. That is, he was descended from the line of King David that great king of Israel who had ruled some 1,000 years before, and then whose descendants had sat upon the throne of the kingdom of Israel and then the southern kingdom of Judah for about 400 years after him. Now, as a son of David, Joseph knew that the Roman Empire would be on the lookout if anyone claiming to be a son of David became visible, because that could inspire an insurrection there in the Holy Land, and the Roman Empire certainly didn't want that. And thus, we may be confident that St. Joseph knew how to lay low, lead a peaceful life far from the centers of power, so that the empire wouldn't be too closely on the watch for him. So in all these ways, we see that St. Joseph was an excellent man. Surely the sort of man that any of us would want as a friend, as a husband, as a father. One who was ready for his life, was going about it in a morally good way, had a plan, and was getting going. And then, then our Lord Jesus came into his life. And everything changed. during this Advent season, we prepare ourselves for the second coming of our Lord Jesus. And we remember his first coming. And for St. Joseph, the point when he, in a sense, experienced that first coming, well, it came in the form of a baby bump there on the abdomen of his betrothed Mary. And he saw that and he understood that she was pregnant and as the scripture tells us, then he came to a decision. A decision to divorce her quietly. To end the betrothal. To not go forward with marriage. He made this decision. Now, why? Why did he make that decision? How, what went from the point of realizing she was pregnant to deciding to divorce her? The scripture doesn't specify what he was thinking. Theologians over the centuries have speculated about this and there's basically three theories that have come forth from this speculation. What was St. Joseph thinking? The first theory is suspicion. And this is the theory that perhaps we today, here and now, are most likely to think of first. That he suspected that she had fallen into sexual sin, that the baby within her womb was the child of another man. He was quite sure that it wasn't his child. Maybe she didn't tell him about the visit of the angel Gabriel. Or maybe she did tell him and he just couldn't believe it. After all, who could have believed it? Such a thing had never happened before. Under this theory, St. Joseph surely would have been greatly disappointed in this woman who had seemed to be so good, so holy, but clearly had fallen into great sin and had decided that it was time to cut it off. So goes the first theory. The second theory we might not think of as quickly today and it really goes in the completely opposite direction and it's the reverence theory. And this theory would say that actually Joseph did grasp that the child in the womb of Mary was the son of God. Now Joseph, like any good man in the people of Israel, would have known well the great majesty of God, the great holiness and transcendence of God, which had been taught and shown so well throughout their history with the Lord. He would have known, for example, of how the Lord manifested his presence as a pillar of fire leading the people of Israel through the wilderness or how Moses' face shone with light after he had conversed with the Lord. He would have known how the Holy of Holies in the temple, that particular room, was one that only the high priest could enter only one day in the entire year, with special preparations. He would have known that the Ark of the Covenant was such that if the wrong person touched it, they would be struck dead. All of this with the Lord emphasizing how different he was and how we needed to make proper preparations just right if we were going to have contact with him. And if Joseph knew all of that and began to grasp that the one inside the womb of Mary was the Son of God, that Mary herself had been chosen for this, had now become the mother of God, Well, then surely Joseph would have been quite reasonable in saying, you know what, I'm just going to back away. Because clearly God has a plan here, and you know what, I know how this holiness stuff works. Obviously I'm not a part of it. So, you know, let's let this happen, and I'll just humbly exit the scene. So would go the reverence theory. The third theory is perplexity. The St. Joseph didn't really know what to think. All of the above, none of the above, whatever. He just decided he wasn't going to be part of it. So whichever of these three he was thinking, whether it be suspicion or reverence or perplexity, he had decided he had the intention to divorce her quietly. That was his plan. But the Lord had a different plan for him. And so as we heard, he sent his angel to speak to him in a dream. And how interesting that the angel's words actually touch on these different theories. How he explained to Joseph, yes, it is by the Holy Spirit that this child was conceived. It's not by another man. And he also said, do not be afraid to take Mary your wife into your home. In fact, it is God's plan for you to be that closely involved in this amazing thing. And so at the angel's words, Joseph changed his plan. And so he went ahead to become the husband of Mary and the foster father of our Lord Jesus. And as St. Joseph said yes to this invitation, this calling, being set apart for this in the obedience of faith, we stepped on to a new path. A path that would use everything that he was. A path that would use the courage that he had as a son of David, who'd been so courageous in standing up to the giant Goliath. That would use the endurance that he had as a son of David Who had been able to evade Saul for all those years before it was time for him to become king with the love of the Lord that he had as the son of David, he who had been known as the man after God's own heart. All of this and more would be put into use in the calling of St. Joseph to be the earthly father for our Lord Jesus, to protect and to guide Jesus and Mary, Including from Bethlehem to Egypt, from Egypt to Nazareth, and to form our Lord Jesus as another son of David, indeed, as the one who had been prophesied over and over. St. Joseph was called to a new role, that of custos redemptoris, the guardian of the Redeemer. And he said yes, and he lived it out and how different the life of this good man was after Jesus came into his life. And if it was so with St. Joseph, then so it can be with each of us when our Lord Jesus comes into our life and when he begins to show us what he wants to make of our life. And it may be that our identity will need to be a little different than we had thought, Our goals will need to change. The people that we spend time with will need to change our actions. All that we are will be part of the plan. It will be placed on a different track, a different path. Something we had not expected. And like St. Joseph, we have the chance to say yes. To say yes and to become what it is that our Lord Jesus is asking of us. St. Joseph could truly testify to us. When we say yes to Jesus, our life will never be boring. It will be amazing.